are we? It's like there's life out there or something. I don't get it. Hello, everyone. Hello. Welcome to I Don't Get It, a podcast about performances in Edmonton. I'm Fonda. And I'm Paul. And we are proud to be part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered, powered by, by ATB. ATB. B-B. Like a monster truck rally. How are you, Fonda? Uh, I'm great. How are you, Paul? I'm fine. <laughs> it's been a while. We've had a number of episodes without you. <laughs> it's true. I'm in, uh, I'm in school <laughs> and have a couple other things on the go. So it's been a, it's been a busy, busy fall. Which, you know, uh, but I've been back in the saddle. Um, We've got a bunch of stuff coming up that we're seeing, which is exciting. Lots of things coming and also a special announcement at the end of the episode. Wait for it. No, I'm not going to be Jesse Brown. That's gross. (laughs) Uh, Suspense. Um, Cool. But we did see something. We we have seen something together for the first time in a while. We did. Oh, my gosh. What did we see, Fonda? We saw Bed and Breakfast by Mark Crawford. It was the opening of the Theater Network season. Yeah. So how would you describe Bed and Breakfast, the play? Well, it is a, a, a gleeful romp through rural Ontario. <laughs> oh, well, cottage country Ontario. Yes. Um, so uh, let's. So there are two characters. Um, in, there are two main characters in the play, played by two actors who play a number of different characters. In fact, all of the characters in the story and in their lives throughout the play. Um, the performers are Matthew Halshoff and Chris Pereira. And uh, Matthew plays Brett and others, and Chris plays uh, Drew and others. And they're a a Toronto couple, um, you know, trying to make it work in the city, but but life and fate sort of um, hands them... Uh, uh, someone's aunt passes away, a beloved aunt, and she leaves them there, this this old house in cottage country, whereas in Toronto they are struggling to try and buy a house and find this place, but um, but suddenly they have this this place and this opportunity, and it, it turns into um, renovating in the small town and making a bed and breakfast. Um, meanwhile, dealing with, um, dealing with some small town homophobic, uh, homophobia, and and what that looks like and and uh, how that how that plays out, which yeah. is sort of the the central dramatic tension of the show is them navigating this world of a small town and the the joys of that, but also like the the ugly parts of that as well. Yeah. So what's kind of interesting, or, or to set to set up the stage a little bit more, even is that um, Matthew Halshoff's character, main character Brett, is um, he's sort of like a, kind of like a queer eye character almost in Toronto, like he's a someone who gives interior design advice on TV so when he shows up in this smaller town that of, of his Aunt Maggie um, and it's Aunt Maggie's house that he sort of ends up inheriting. This is given away in the first few minutes of the show so I don't feel like we're giving away too much with no. this. Um but uh, so so Brett is kind of faced with this sort of kind of like he is a celebrity of certain accord um of doing interior design and his partner drew he's used to working in hospitality he's working at a hotel um you know and and trying to get a promotion and and sort of uh you know grow in that world but um but in putting out fires at this hotel and dealing with some of his coworkers, 
um, issues ends up getting over overlooked in, in a lot of these categories. So all of the car, the you know everything aligns for them to to get out a get out of the Dodge, mm-hmm. get out of the four one six, and uh, which I guess is still the four one six, but hit the road to a different four one six of cottage <laughs> country. And so, and it's revealed uh, in the at some point in the play that um, Drew is from Saskatchewan, so he's used to sort of like a small town kind of vibe. And what's interesting, I think, um, what I, what I really appreciated about the show is that so um, Brett and Drew also end up playing all of the char- other characters yeah. in the show, and there's some really sort of endearing surprises about the town that that start coming out, um, in particular. Um, the couple that they uh, are become very good friends with, they start become coming to realize that they may not be the only people in the town that are like them. Um, and through that, though, there's also a lot of other kind of like awful shit that happens. <laughs> right. But I think like the 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 tone of the show and 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 there's so much there's so much joy in the show and in sort of these little pockets of sort of small town. Um, kindness and sort of how the bigotry and homophobia gets dealt with and um, and and presented in the show. Um, yeah, it, it uh, you know it was it was it was light. It was fun. Um, it had heart. Um, you know, part of it it takes place sort of over a long span of time, but part of it takes place over Christmas, so it sort of feels like appropriate to the season. Yeah, I feel like it was well timed for the time of year that it was placed at, um, which is kind of interesting because, like, end of November, you know, the network's first show of the season. Ooh, yeah, seems a little late, yeah. right? Um, but yeah, seeing where it was placed in the season, of course, for what happens in the play, um, quite nice. Also, when there's like the nice Christmas reveal of Christmas lights on there house is just there's a lot of reveals in the show that um you know resulted in like audible aws from the audience (gasps) yeah yeah that too and i think that so in that way maybe don't want to go too much into the specific plot points but what did you think um what what were your take on some of the you know like the dialogue scenes like the it was quite quick fire um there were a lot of sort of like jokes that weren't uh, I don't know. They weren't like surprising. Right? The the humor was fairly obvious. Sure, but it was. Um, but I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing with with this sort of with this sort of show. Like I think um, I think it's a show that knows exactly what it is and like uh, is very good at being being that thing. I think Mark Crawford's writing is um, fun and certainly broad, but in a very bright uh, inviting way. It sort of like brings uh, a wide uh, a wide audience in, mm-hmm. and I think um, yeah, there's sort of a sequence um, without without spoiling things, but like the first weekend, the hotel opens. Oh my is god! Like, um, well, there you go. That that was your yeah. reaction to thinking about it again, right? <laughs> it's like um, sees uh, you know our two actors playing uh, a whole bunch of characters as all sorts of things are happening. Um, and it was this nice little like dramatic like pop in the show of like of of staging that and and making that that come alive, uh, yeah. And then I think I think it balanced that quite nicely with sort of like not looking away certainly from the small town homophobia um, and not feeling like it needed to resolve it either. Like uh, you know there are narrative conclusions, but it doesn't it doesn't solve small town homophobia by the end. Mm-hmm. That's still that's still part of it. Um, but it's sort of like it's also like yeah. And and there's also, you know, 
beautiful things here and there's terrible things here and these two weigh all of those things and and you know um and do what they do what they do yeah there was sort of 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 all of the plays that we've seen not only this season but in in a, in a while you know there, there's kind of a refreshing grounded realism to this play mm-hmm. um the characters are people that you feel like you could have met in a in a, in a bed and breakfast in Ontario, um, and I I will want I do want to point out um, for that opening weekend though when they're playing all of the characters who have checked into their bed and breakfast, um, they made the stage feel full just the two of them. It was incredible and special nod to Chris Pereira for playing the drunk newlywed couple just the bit in the doorway like if you see the show that's just that's the just best. the bit in the doorway yeah. <laughs> uh, that's all you need to know <laughs> it's fonda's rave yeah um yeah what did you think of the writing what sort of stood out to you about the about the writing and the production fonda i mean it was it, the the dialogue was it was very fast really rapid fire you know um they they gave definitely like the performers gave enough time for all of the jokes to land um the audience we saw it on opening night so the audience was really keyed really receptive um it was you know it was nice to see a show where you could really root for the main characters the whole time Mm -hmm. i feel like in in recent in recent times <laughs> we've seen a lot of shows where it's sometimes really hard to root or figure out who you're rooting for or or what's going on and this was this was super obvious it was super it was easy to enjoy it did have a lot of heart i think that that is one of um uh, theater network strengths um and the artistic director brad moss um especially in direction is chooses plays with a lot of heart that you can really get behind um, as as a you know as a conventional theater goer and and it's I mean you know well we talked about this a little bit earlier this is the one play in the entire season and like uh, pretty much the whole city where the entire cast directing <laughs> creative crew is all white men <laughs> I mean maybe we have started seeing this kind of story come out a little bit more um and and uh and and are used to it so maybe it does seem kind of more mainstream by now mm-hmm. um but at the same time i do think that the skill of the performers um this was the first two act play i've seen at network in like a really long time i think yeah for a two-hander too i was surprised there was an intermission mm-hmm. um and you know just like like quite a Quite a story arc to go through. I mean, I liked it. I thought it, I thought it was nice. Great, <laughs> right, yeah. Did you have any thoughts about, um, I guess, sort of, uh, I guess the format of the show? How often do we really see this kind of, um, you know, like a two-hander where all the characters are being done by two people? Uh, in a main stage production, um, not all the time. That seems like more of a fringe move, certainly. Like a small cast playing lots of roles. That's like a very high energy thing. But this didn't feel like a fringe show. It didn't feel... It had a very different energy. It had a more like polished and uh, produced energy to it. Um, the pace, yeah, to have a two-act and to sort of um, focus you in on these narratives and these characters and... You know, these big moments where they're meeting people in town and going through sort of these big moments of uh, realization and dealing with uh, some of the homophobia they're dealing with and also just having quiet moments together and and or moments where both actors are playing, uh, you know, four or five, six characters at the same time. 
uh, in the same space. Uh, it, it sort of gives, um, it was nice to see that sort of, um, caliber of, of performance sort of done with production values behind it and to see it in, in this sort of space. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. I guess I, one of the things that I appreciated, this might be a little bit of a spoiler, so please, you know, if you don't want to hear it, stop listening now, but there, there was a little bit of a running joke about how, um, you know, they kept waiting for the next phase of their relationship, Drew and um, Drew and Brett. And uh, every, you know, you're kind of led to believe that the next phase is supposed to be engagement or marriage or something like that. But they real, but in 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 the one turn that you realize that it's actually no, it's it's getting a dog, <laughs> which was which was really sweet, I thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like this play was like a rom-com. Like it was totally a rom-com, right? It was it was, yeah. it was a play that was designed to entertain you. <laughs> right. And I think like uh, Mark Crawford, the playwright, um, you know, he's got a, I don't, I haven't seen much of his work. I know there's another script of his that seems to be doing the rounds right now, which is called The New Canadian Curling Club, mm -hmm. which is sort of about um, uh, a curling club, uh, as, as is the name. Soon um, to be a series on CBC. Actually, no, I don't know that for sure, but I can imagine, sure. like for sure. Sure, but you know, I think I think there's a certain energy to that sort of production too, and like I think that's it's nice to have that sometimes. Yeah. I don't want everything, every piece of entertainment I consume to be like um, doesn't need to be, um, you know, probing the 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 deepest depths. Um, and that's not a slight. I think I think it's it's nice to have something that was like I came out of that was like I had a great time. I had a great time at the theater. Um, watching a two-act show. Um, yeah. Fun. Great. <laughs> well, that was uh, Bed and Breakfast. It plays at Theater Network until uh, December 8th, uh, which is at, the, of course, the Roxy on Gateway. Um, they also talked a little bit off the top. Brad Moss, it was opening night, and so he, he talked off the top, and he talked a little bit about loosely the timeline of Theater Network moving back to its sort of its home on 124th, the Roxy being rebuilt. I think he mentioned like 20, like end of season 2021 was the current goal. Mm -hmm. um, right, so it's exciting. It's exciting. There's shovels in the ground, other things in the ground. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and on that note, it's probably time. For an ad. This episode of I Don't Get It is brought to you by Unit B Coworking. Unit B is a multi-company co-working space located in the historic McKenney Building in downtown Edmonton and is focused on helping people pursue their passions. Join a tight-knit group of freelancers, startups, and established organizations, all dedicated to getting things done. Along with desks and offices, Unit B offers members access to its podcasting studio, meeting spaces, kitchen, Wi-Fi, and the usual amenities. Book a tour today at unitb.ca. Artists are often underserved at banks because they don't fit a typical profile. Freelance director Michael and actor Nicole kept getting turned down when they applied for a mortgage. Then they found ATB's Branch for Arts and Culture. The branch offers a different approach to banking and lending that caters to the unique situations of people working in creative industries. Now Michael, Nicole, and their son Luke have a home they love. To see more of their inspiring story, visit atb.com slash bradleys and visit atb.com slash the branch to find out how ATB's branch for arts and culture can support your career in the arts. 
Boom. All right. All right. So what's coming up, Fonda? What's on the docket for the next little while as far as listings go? Well, as previously mentioned, Bed and Breakfast is running at Theater Network, the Roxy on Gateway, until December 8th. Right. McEwen Theater Arts is producing Pippin uh, at the Trifo Theater until November 30th. We're going to go see some Broadway across Canada at the Jubilee Auditorium. Uh, Waitress is opening uh, on November 26th. That runs to December 1st. Right. Yeah, I've heard I've heard the one like uh, big song in that and I like it. Um, and there should be pie. I heard there will be pie in the lobby. Yeah, it's about pie. Oh, good. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know it would be in the lobby. And that's very exciting. Um, the Skin of Our Teeth, uh, produced by Bright Young Things, is at the Varscona Theater until November 30th. Uh, Mr. Burns, a post-electric play, is present co-presented by You Are Here and Blarney Productions. Uh, that's running at the Arts Barns from November 24th through December 7th. And then Revolt, she said, Revolt again uh, at the Tim's Center for the Arts as part of the studio theater season. Runs from November 29th until December 7th. I have a favorite play title every year. I think that one might be mine this year. Revolt! She said, revolt again. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the new A Christmas Carol uh, running at the Citadel Theater starting up on November 30th and running all the way to December 23rd. And then it is, of course, Nutcracker season. Uh, so the Nutcracker, uh, the Alberta Ballet production of the Nutcracker is at the Jubilee Auditorium from December 5th through 8th. Woo. Well, there's lots of things happening, Paul. There's another special thing that's happening in 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 our realm right. that we we were going to mention. Yes, the foreshadowing you 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 dropped in earlier. Um, uh, I don't get it. The team of I don't get it, myself and Fonda and our producer uh, and recorder uh, Andrew Paul uh, have been working on a a big old podcast project for a while now. Woo, yeah, since, um, well, since February of this year, really, was back when we started doing interviews for this. We were so young then. So young. And even calling back to about a year ago in November 2018, when View Weekly published its last issue. Yeah, and we all are from the world of alternative weeklies and had talked about things uh, when that happened and were, you know, commiserating with the spirit of, of those papers and the last one in town disappearing because for those of you old enough to remember there used to be two there was one called c magazine which is in fact uh where fonda and andrew are from um not places in the world you're from that paper (laughs) we weren't birthed there but we came from there in our careers i guess (laughs) you were forged there was the crucible of your young adulthood Um, but um, so uh, we uh, we have put together we have interviewed about 40 people um, and we've put together a limited run podcast series called a tale of two weeklies which is looking at the the contentious history of c magazine and view weekly magazine um, from 1995 until 2018 uh, those two papers one or both uh, existed in in various ways they were bitter rivals um, there was were there were lines in the sand, and and they took up a very unique place in sort of Edmonton's media ecology for a long time. Yeah, yeah. The um the series, you know, as as excited as we were about it when we really started out, it became sort of a a bitter elegy and also love letter that we were all writing to um to our former selves, but also that the, many of the people that we interviewed were uh shared shared similar sentiments. So um yeah, with that, we're going to leave you with just a very short clip of um of what to anticipate 
And we are aiming to run our very first episode of A Tale of Two Weeklies to coincide with View's last publication on, uh, which was November 29th, 2018. So it will be coming out later this week. It was a newspaper war. Good old fashioned <laughs> knock down, drag out newspaper war. I think we were really good at uh, winning jackpots with lousy hands. I'm the type of person who uh, cringes at pretty much everything I've ever done, ever. So, um, yeah, my whole career is a series of regrets. For 26 years, two rival magazines existed as the alternative weekly press in one blue-collar Canadian prairie city. I saw Clown Vagina like two or three years in a row, and I was just like, okay, what's going on? Why do I keep going to the naked clown shows? And so so we we did uh, become really independent and became really poor. Yeah, it's always great to come in here and work in a place that smells like a cat's butt. This is the story of View Weekly and C Magazine, two alternative papers that ran in Edmonton between 1992 and 2018. Their rise, glory days, bitter rivalry, and their eventual decline. This is A Tale of Two Weeklies. All right, everyone. So that was I Don't Get It for this week. Thank you so much for listening. And we hope that you will um, subscribe and uh, listen to A Tale of Two Weeklies as well. Great. Yeah. Go see some stuff, everyone. Bye. I Don't Get It is a member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or check us out on albertapodcastnetwork.com or the CKUA radio app. I Don't Get It is recorded on Treaty 6 territory in Edmonton, Alberta, in the Edmonton Community Foundation's podcast studio. Our theme music is Mountain Time by Ghibli, and you can find more of Ghibli's music by going to ghibli.bandcamp.com. I Don't Get It is produced by Andrew Paul, Fonda Mithrush, and Paul Blinoff. Sit here, thank you.